0: hello you guys well good we had a wonderful uh, weekend with what we've been saying about free at last and uh, restoring the wells ministry led by my mother and father they came and did a whole weekend of uh, ministry and deliverance and we had many many people set free Um, it was wonderful to see how many people came who of you were here just for the weekend yeah a whole lot of people good time yeah who learned things Hands down. Who saw things that hadn't seen before? Wonderful. Wonderful. Who was set free in a different way that they – who was set free, genuinely set free? Wonderful. So many. It's amazing. All right. So two quick things. Um, We're going to take a break for Christmas week. We do this every year. It's nothing new, but it actually comes from conviction, not just because we don't feel like doing something. Um, what happens in a culture when something that is supposed to be and stand for the Prince of Peace, that's what they said, the angels, for, um, for, the peace, for the peace of man, for the peace of God on earth, that's when they sang when Jesus was born, and to all men, peace. And what happens when it was just supposed to stand for peace and rest and joy and family and covenant and fellowship is now known as one of the most stressful days of the year in a Christian household what happened you know because the cultural expectations and what everyone thinks and people don't insecure my house has to be perfect everyone knows what your house looks like when they're not there because they know what theirs looks like and you know all the rest and so out of conviction a few years ago I was I was really just thinking and grieved over this and I felt the Lord put it in my heart to say well you know do the opposite take a break and so for the last four years, what we've actually decided to do is in that Christmas, it happens to fall on the 27th, I think. I think it's the 27th or the 26th. 27th or 26th, whatever it is. We will not be meeting. We will take a total break. And uh, we will come back, I think it's on the 2nd on the or the 3rd. Uh, I think it's the 2nd. I probably wrote it down. I did, on the 2nd. So, and I encourage you to remember the Why? You don't have to get serious you don't have to do this long study but i encourage you the reason we're taking a break is to just remember why he came instead of all the cultural things and take a break actually take a break really i encourage you to do that is it's not like bad you know it's actually healthy it's one of the highest expressions of faith i see in the bible was when the jews obeyed sabbath because even the military did it and other nations knew that they were doing nothing that day even the military what does that express in "We trust You, Lord"? Hello. So we're going to take a break. I encourage you have a day of rest, be with your family, invite those maybe to someone to come to your house if you know they're going to be alone. That's great. Have church in your home, whatever that means for you. That can literally just be a meal. They did that here. If you really want to go to a service, that's wonderful. Because Cornerstone's going to be open, and they're wonderful, and you can go there. I really mean it. If that's your, but I encourage you to take a break. I really do, and uh, and remember the why, and be with your family. So, firstly that, and then next week, uh, which in a sense will be our last Sunday service for this year, we're going to have Greg Haswell with us. You know, he him and I speak often. Have you remember Greg? He was here not so long ago. He's walked with this church for many many years. Uh, right from when my dad led it, he's ordained ad- a lot of our elders, he's appointed, helped us appoint and assign leaders, he's just been very wonderful to us as a body and um, I asked him, you know, I had this strange thought as I was in prayer saying, we've never actually had someone like an apostolic man come in an apostolic couple actually, she's a genuine prophet, she's a real prophetic woman uh, Michelle, his wife, and, and I just had this idea, you know as I was in prayer, which I know is the Lord, have them just come and close out the year and uh, he's willing to do it, he's coming down just to do the Sunday, and he doesn't always do that, he often does conferences and entire weekends, but I asked him if he had come just for a Sunday, because there's so much happening at that time of the year, we don't want to pack everyone with a lot of meetings, kind of be the opposite of the last thing I just said, so, and so he's coming for Sunday, and uh, we're going to have him next week, it's going to be wonderful to have him, and so I encourage you guys to come out, it's going to be a wonderful time with Greg and Michelle, but that's all i want to say we will be having a christmas eve service very short and brief on christmas eve here Uh, but other than that we're going to take a total break so come to christmas eve and and be with your families on christmas and rest and be at peace amen dad can you come we had a wonderful weekend sitting under this gentleman's ministry and um can i just pray for you and get out of your way Please. thanks
1: that's a first,
0: that's a first. Getting out of my <laughs> <laughs> i'll stand behind you yeah father i thank you for a life surrendered and i thank you for a prototype and an example to many and a father to many people and a father to churches and uh, all over in different nations and i i thank you that he's with us i thank you for this weekend and I also thank you, Lord, that he knows so much in his heart that it's not him. And that just opens your hand, Lord, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank
1: you. I, oh, yes, I am on. Okay. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. My, sort lot of people. Great to see you all. God is good. God is on the throne. God is gracious. God is loving, God is kind, amen. Yeah, I just want to first of all thank a number of people, and if I leave your name out, please don't be offended, I honestly don't, Uh, for what we did on Friday night and Saturday, uh, it required a number of other people to do a lot of other stuff. And so I really want to just thank uh, Aaron Brown, he's not here, he did a lot behind the scenes. Um, I want to thank Clint and uh, his wife Erin, are they here? Yeah, thank you for what you guys did and running around, and Dave Roberts and Tommy and Carly, you guys ran around the whole of Saturday morning basically, sorting stuff out, thank you. And then I also want to thank those that came to pray, the pray team, uh, a lot of you came early, you prayed, you spent some time on your knees, really appreciate it. And I want to thank Clayton and the leadership of this church uh, just for the privilege of being able to do this, because we do it under their authority. And uh, for those that did the child care, I don't know who looked after the kids, Katie and Jen, they deserve a medal. Yeah, so thank you, really, really, thank you very much. And then I want to thank my precious wife, who worked so hard behind the scenes, yeah. And of course, the greatest thanks goes to our Lord Jesus Christ, amen, for his faithfulness and goodness to us. All right, if you, from Friday night to today, you feel lighter, won't you stand, please? God, just feel lighter, look at that, that is unbelievable. Thank you, God. You just feel lighter, you know something shifted, something happened something moved. Thank you. I just want to give honor to God. You know God did something, and you know God is establishing something. And I want to encourage you who went through some ministry. Something started in your life through the ministry. Not that it started then. It might have started, but it might have just blocked or stayed. But it's going to, something started. And so you might have a day or two where you're a little tender, you're a little emotional, if you're married, give your spouse some grace, please. Okay? doesn't mean you live like it forever, but just a season. Your emotions got a little turned over, a little wrought, a little touched, so you can be a little tender. And just be aware of that. Please be aware of it. Also, don't let the devil lie to you. That's why I asked you to stand. Not so I can see it, because I want you to take a decision. You join a line in the sand. No, something happened to me. God did something. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why it's important to declare it in some form. So I encourage you, don't let the devil lie to you because he will come to you somehow subtly and say, well, nothing really happened, which is a lie, absolute lie. So because a lot did happen and God is good and God is gracious. So what I'm going to preach on today, very simple, it's a simple message, and I know Clayton touched on this a little while, I haven't heard it, I wasn't here, and I just found out about it a day or two. I want to talk on developing a healthy mind, developing a healthy mind. Uh, Probably what I share you know, but I hope I'm going to be able to put a key in your hands that's going to help you develop a healthy mind. That's what I want to do, practically put a key in your hand. A healthy mind is not an option. If you want to walk in freedom, it is essential. I'll say that again. A healthy mind is not an option. If you want to truly walk in freedom, it is essential. It is absolute necessity for us if we want to live and walk in the victory that Christ has won on our behalf, that it was achieved for us through the cross, that our mind becomes healthy. What I mean by that, it becomes Biblical. That's what I mean. It becomes biblical-based. It becomes word-based. It becomes word-aware, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, it becomes kingdom. When you got saved, when you got born again, and I nearly preached on that, how do you know you're born again? Because it's not an emotion, although you could have had emotions happen when you got born again. I had a lot of emotions happening. My nose ran so long it was long strands, as you know. Okay. So it impacted my emotions greatly. It really did. So I'm not saying that won't happen. And I wept and wept and wept just because I felt the love of God touch my heart. But when you get born again, the emotions can get touched. But... If you're not sure that you were born again, you can be on very rocky ground. And so the Bible is very clear. It gives us signs. One John was written to people of that day so that they might know that they're children of God. And they might not know it from an emotional point of view, but from a reality point of view, that they are children of God. And when you got born again, you became a child of God, and the Bible says, in 2 Corinthians 5:17 I don't know if it's going to come up beyond "The old is gone, and the new has come." Think about that. The old, the old, the old life, the old um, way you lived, the old thought patterns, the old bondages, the old uh, nature, all of that is gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. I'm emphasizing it. The new has come. You're a new creature. That's what the Bible says. You're a new species in that point for you. You still got the same body. You still look as beautiful as I do. Forgive me. Okay. You still got all that, but you're new inside. Bread spanking you. you new. You totally knew. It's the same thing that happened. Understand this, folk. Being born again is an incredible thing. If we have the revelation of what actually took place when we got saved because of the cross, it will transform us again and again and again and again. But I know it's progressive. I understand that. When God created Adam and Eve, and the Bible says he took the dust and he formed it, and he got the dust, and then he came in, he breathed into his nostrils. He breathed who he was into Adam. That's what he did. And when you're born again, it's the same thing. Because of the cross... And by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Father breathes into you the nature of Jesus Christ. That's why you're brand new. Isn't that amazing? That's absolutely, but what does not change is this. This doesn't change straight away. It just doesn't. And so unless I get my thinking to line up with what happened inside of me, and what happened in my heart, I never walk in the identity that God just gave me. I never walk in that identity. And my identity is you're a child of God. Forgiven, redeemed, righteous. Because I have the righteousness of Christ on me. You with me? you new creator. But if I don't get my thinking right, then I never walk in it. I never, never gets established. So I found in my own life when God encountered me and I had a very dramatic salvation. It doesn't mean that you people have to have a dramatic salvation. I just think because I was rather stubborn or whatever the case is or I just needed a lot to happen. (laughs) And so when God encountered me, I knew I was different. Instantly I knew it. After my emotions died down and I turned to Michelle and I said to Michelle, you know, you look the same but you look different. I looked outside, I said, you know, everything looks the same, but it's different. It's sharper, it's clearer, it's brighter. It's like the blinds came off my eyes. That's what I felt. So I knew something had shifted. I knew something had changed, but I didn't understand it. I didn't. But I just knew something had happened. And I could feel it inside me. Something significant had changed. And I found that over the next while... Because I went and bought a Bible because I'd never read one in my whole life up until that point. I went and bought a Bible. And as I started to read it, particularly the Gospels, I found what had happened in my heart started to, in a sense, impact my mind. As I allowed the word to develop over my mind or prevail over my mind, the reality of what happened inside me got established. Got put in me. So then I wouldn't waver. Not that I wavered. But all of a sudden came alive again and again and again and again and again. Because I started to see what actually had taken place inside me. Because of what the Lord had said. You with me? So there was an establishing that took place. And it took a while. It took a season. It took and it's still happening. Just being honest. It's still happening. It happened. It'll happen from the day you die. God keeps just renewing and establishing because the Bible says we're changed from one degree of glory to the next. Isn't that amazing, eh? And it keeps, it's possible for a child of God to have a new life, a new heart, but be without a new head. If we win the victory in our thoughts, we will sustain the victory in our life. That's why I'm preaching it because of what happened this weekend. So I want to show you. So could you put the first slide up, please, Dwayne, who is ever at the back there. I can't see. It. It's a little dark. We touched on this yesterday. You get a thought, and the thought can come from either yourself, God, or the devil. Well, The devil will use circumstances, people, unknowingly, uh, culture, very strong culture. You see it on TV. It will use whatever it can, and he will speak things. Even my precious wife woke up this morning. She said, I said, how did you sleep? She said, I woke up at what time was it? Three o'clock in the morning. And all of a sudden, she had these thoughts run through her about stuff maybe, oh, uh, something about the ministry yesterday, that and that. I said, but that's just a lie. She says, I know. She said, but like an hour. She had to work it through. So the thought comes. You have a choice, and I have a choice what you do with that thought. Now, when you're unsaved, it's like you don't have a choice because the sinful nature in you just, just cottons onto that. And when you choose the same thing again and again and again, it forms a habit in you. And when it forms a habit in you, you lose control in that area of your life. It can be a small area, but you begin to lose control. And when you lose control, a bondage begins to happen or a stronghold begins to develop. And then you can lose total control in that area. So what is a stronghold? Drain, if you could put the next slide up, please. Very briefly, a stronghold is a way of thinking and feeling that has developed a life of its own within the person. It is stronger than a habit, controlling and ruling, robbing one of free will and creating tunnel vision which will block out any teaching and light inspired by God's word that might contradict them. That's what a stronghold is, and it's in the mind. It's very strong. And then a stronghold in the mind is often a collection of thoughts that are in agreement with Satan's thoughts. They are lies against what God has revealed about himself to his children through his word. They are normally erected by a wounded soul. Somebody's been hurt or damaged or unloved or whatever, and one whose needs have not been met. We have fears and humiliating memories to protect. Many times, lies are birthed from traumatic experiences, and we'll keep our truth. So I can be born again, love Jesus, but I can have a stronghold in my in my mind. And the only way that goes is through truth. I can't drive that thing out like we did this weekend—drive demons out. It's truth. It's truth. It's truth, it's truth that dismantles that. It's truth that dismantles that. So, in Romans chapter 12, if you don't mind turning there, please. Romans chapter 12. Okay, you're all very quiet. I can hear my son saying, good dad, thank the Lord for that. But anyway. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Because I want us to walk in what God did. Verse 12. Romans, sorry, Romans 12, verse, chapter 12, verse 1. So I'm a little tired from the weekend and um, had not a lot of sleep last night. Therefore, 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 I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercies. Now, what is Paul saying? I remember Derek Prince, when I read him, he said, whenever you see therefore, find out what it's there for. In other words, go back. Go back, go back. Paul has just spent 11 chapters talking about the gospel and the power of the gospel and what it's done to you. That's what is done, and the whole is spe- something of Israel or whatever. And he's saying, therefore, because of the gospel, which Paul says in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. So therefore, because of the gospel, writing to Christians, and you received this gospel and have embraced this gospel, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Old Testament, they were dead sacrifices. It was dead animals. Sacrificed unto the Lord. Now he said, now offer your bodies. Because you're living. Offer your hands, your mouth, your eyes, your feet. The members of you, offer that up to God. That's what he's saying. Keep offering it up to God. So when you worship, oh Lord, I love you. Yay, Lord, I use my mouth. That's what it means to offer up. Amen. Amen. Offer up your bodies as living sacrifices, which is holy and pleasing to God. And this is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world or the culture of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind talking to Christians, then you will know God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So Paul is encouraging his people, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Keep transforming. it. It's the same word transformed when Jesus was on the mount and he was transformed. It's the same word. All of a sudden there was a light and his his clothes were shining and bright. It's the same word in 2 Corinthians, I think I gave you the scripture at the back, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, 18, which says, the Lord is the spirit. And now where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's what it says. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Okay, and I think, sorry, I haven't got it. And we can all draw close to him with unveiled, removed from our faces, and with no veil, we become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of our Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured or transformed into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another, and this glorious transformation comes from the Lord. So, the transformation in my mind that Bible, that script, comes from the Lord, not from you or me. Now, that's good news. So, I don't have to have positive thinking about myself. <laughs> I don't have to go to a course and start to think positively about myself. I just got to look at the word and look at Jesus, and he will transform my mind. That's what he will do, because that's what the Bible says. Amen. Go for me to, I'll bring it all together. Go for me to Ephesians chapter 4, please. He has the key. He has the key. And I'll put it all together for us. Ephesians, it's in the New Testament. Sorry, I'm just joking with you people. I'm trying to get the intensity down inside me. Why? <laughs> Thank you. Okay, Ephesians 4, verse 22, 23, and 24. You were taught with your regard to your former way of life to put off the old self. So Paul is saying, you've got to take this old self off, which has been corrupted by its deceitful desires. Verse twenty-five, I mean 24, and to put on the new self, which created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So you're born again. You know something's happening inside you. But Paul is saying, listen, you've got to learn to put off the old self, which is dead. It's gone. It's finished. But it keeps wanting to rise. You've got to put it off. Daily, you've got to put it off. And daily, you've got to put on this new creation of how God sees you. Okay. How do you do that? Right in the middle. Tells us the key. To be made new in the attitude of your minds. To be made new in the attitude of your mind. To be made new in the attitude of your mind. Hello? Hello? be made new in the attitude of my mind. Let my mind be transformed to line up what actually happened in my spirit. That's what he's saying. Now, faith is a product of your spirit. Faith is not a product of your intellect. Faith is a product of your spirit. It's a product of your recreated spirit. So when you were born again, your spirit was recreated Faith entered inside of you. Because the Bible said each one of us has a measure of faith. Romans 12, 3. Faith came there, not there. Faith came there. You with me? Now, what is faith? Hebrews 11, 1. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith is substance. Faith is a conviction. And I wrote here, this is what the Amplified says. Faith is perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Now this is key. So I get born again, faith enters, yeah, but my mind still thinks like I used to think. But now faith has risen, yeah. But my senses, my five senses, can't understand what's happening inside, yeah. Hello, you with me. My five senses are in enmity like an enemy to the faith that's rising up inside me. And I'm still thinking, oh, people don't love me, don't love me, don't love me. But meanwhile, God just says, I made you a son. I love you unconditionally. You with me. My mind's saying that, but inside it's saying something different. So now I've got to renew my mind. So how do I renew my mind? The Bible says, So I'm just going off my notes. Sorry, Dwayne. The Bible says the word of the Lord is sharper than a double-edged sword. Cutting and dividing between bone and marrow, soul and spirit, and judging, not judging in a bad sense, your thoughts and attitudes. Perceiving what's going on inside you to the very depth of your core. So as I read the word, oh, God loves me. My spirit knows that, but my mind doesn't know that. But now read it and all of a sudden revelation comes. Oh, God does love me. Hallelujah. Now my mind's getting renewed because I put my faith in what I read. And if I put my faith in what I read, it impacts my mind and my emotions. And now the change starts to happen. And it catches up with what's already inside of me. Hello. That's why it comes by faith. Everything comes by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's why you can't earn it. You can't behavior modifications to get it. You're right, hallelujah. You can't change your behavior and try and look like a Christian. We do that, unfortunately. So now, the Lord says, no, Ken, I redeemed you. I love you with an unconditional love. Unconditional. But I've grown up my whole life saying, because of my circumstances, you will never amount to anything. You're no good. I never received love when I was growing up. My parents never gave me what I should have maybe, I'm not saying that happened. Love, so I grew up my whole life with a sense of rejection. But the Lord is saying, I love you. My mind is saying, they don't love you. Hello, and as I take this and read it, and it enters here, and it will begin, because of the power of this word, it's alive, it's energetic, it is powerful, it will begin to transform the way I think, and that will come in line with that, and then I walk in it. So all of you got prayed yesterday and God touched you and did something. You might not know exactly what you did. Don't let the devil lie to you that nothing happened. Don't let the old way of thinking come back and grab you and say, "No, no, no, this is who you are." That's not who you are. Hello. Am I making sense? Yeah. That's the way it happens, folk. By faith. Because I trust him, what he said. Over and above what my five senses say. I just trust him. He says, I love you. End of story. Now, I don't have to go look for love. Because I'm loved. So I know it in my heart, but my head doesn't know it yet. And as I read this, that started to happen inside me. And all that I taught this weekend about deliverance, that's what started to happen as I read it. I didn't doubt it. Amen. And we're transformed. The Bible says, now where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The accurate translation is where the spirit is Lord, there is freedom. That's the right translation. Where the Spirit is Lord, there is freedom. So when the Spirit is Lord, yeah, there is freedom. When there's Lordship, yeah, in my brain, in my mind, in the way I think, then there's freedom. Then there's freedom. That's why I can't live from my emotions. I feel like us. I feel like us. No. What does God say? What does God say who you are? When you got born again, he says you're a new creation. A new creation, totally new. The old has gone. All the junk is gone. It's gone, it's gone, it's gone. Uh, Sorry, I'm doing the action so you remember it in your mind. It's gone. It's gone. Way better. Cheers. Bye bye. Cheers. <laughs> but it comes back. Who knows? It creeps back. It wants to creep back, and you go, no, go away. That's what Paul says. Put off the old nature. Keep putting it off. And then put on the new one. How? By the attitude of your mind. So, how does my attitude of my mind change? Oh, this word is powerful. It's called biblical meditation. And biblical meditation is simply three things. To matter, muse, and to talk. That's all it is. To matter, muse, and talk. I've touched on this before. Because Jesus said, when the word comes and it enters into your heart, go read it in Luke chapter 15. Luke, uh, sorry, Luke chapter 8, verse 15. When you hear the word, you retain it, and by perseverance, you will produce a crop. That's what he said. Jesus said that. When you hear the word... You've got to hear it, you retain it, It means you've got to hold on to it, hold on to it through biblical meditation. What does that mean? Don't you read it once, God loves me, you've got to read it again, and again, and again, and again, and that's biblical meditation. And then slowly your mind begins to cotton onto that, because it's stubbornness, the mind. And then it begins to work. The power and the energy of the word begins to work. So what does it mean to muse? Muse means to take something and chew it. You think about it as you lie in bed. You think about it as you wake up. You think about it driving in the car. I just chatted to Ramon as I came in this morning. He said, my wife and I lay in bed last night speaking about some of the stuff in the weekend. It's wonderful. Michelle and I used to often do that in our early years. We used to speak about what we experienced and speak about it and speak about it and speak about it. Why? Because it begins to get inside of you. You understand what I'm saying? That's what muse is. Matter means you talk it under your breath. We all matter. All of us matter. Every day of our lives we matter. We matter negatively, unfortunately. Unfortunately. So I've used this example before. You wake up in the morning, your back's sore, and sometimes my back is sore, and then you make coffee, and it's cold, and oh, coffee's cold, kick the dog, and oh, whatever. <laughs> 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 if I kick the dog, my wife will come kick me. Now I'm teasing. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's a negative matter. We do it. But imagine wake up and one say, God, thank you, you still love me. It doesn't depend on my behavior. Because your love is unconditional. You with me? And you mutter that. And then the talking is you actually use these wonderful lips that God created and this incredible tongue. And James talks about it. This tongue is like a little rudder can change the course of a huge big ship. So this little tongue changes the course of your life. What it does. That does. It does. That's what power is in the life and, and death in the life of the tongue. And we can use this to criticize. We can use this to gossip. We can use this to tear people down. We can and God says, No, don't use it for that. It's interesting. Bible says in In Philippians chapter 2, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, for God who works in you, for God who works in you, for God who works in you, you, to willing to act and do according to his good pleasure. Very next verse. Therefore, do not complain or murmur. Very next verse. Do not complain or gossip. Do not complain, because what's coming out of your mouth is not going to help you. All right, and I'll do, sorry, I've done this twice, but it's just important that I do it. Uh, Tommy, can I use you, please, and let me use somebody else. I know a little, oh, what's this, I forgot your name. Josh, 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 why don't you come here, sorry, Josh. Okay, I'll just, one stand, one side. So the Bible says this, everything inside of me, yeah, is established. In other words, it's rooted, it's rooted, it's established by the testimony of two or three. Deuteronomy 18, Matthew 18, 2 Corinthians 13. Jesus repeated it a couple of times. Every matter. That's why in John 6, he gave six testimonies about who he was. Because he wanted to really establish it. And they asked him, and he said, these are the testimonies of me. Okay. So, the Bible says, very simply this, that it has to be established. So what does it mean? If we took up an offering over here and, jo- and Josh was walking out the door with it, and I followed him and I saw him putting all the money in his pocket, and I come back and I say, "Clayton, I can't believe that guy. He's just pinching all the money." Okay <laughs> Sorry Josh, sorry Josh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry Josh. And so Clayton says, "Josh, come here, Josh, why are you taking the money?" Josh says, "I didn't taking any money." I said, "But Josh, you took money." He says, "I didn't." One testimony, one testimony. We need somebody else. Hello? To establish that fact. Okay. You're going to play God. Thank you. All right. That's a big ask on that. (laughs) Okay, you're going to play the devil. That's not a big ask. No, I'm teasing. (laughs) I'm teasing, okay. Okay. I'm going to play you and me, born again, saved, People of God. Child of God. Amen. I'm going to bet you and me. So God comes to you and me and says, Yo, I love you guys. I've redeemed you. I've paid the price. I've forgiven you. I have a future for you. I have gifts for you. Thank you. He's doing a great job. Okay. (laughs) The devil comes to me. Better job. The devil whispers as I'm lying in bed at night, and I just had a mistake that day. Yeah, I know your mistakes. And remember your past. That person said that about you. And remember this about you. Remember your parents didn't treat you properly. Yeah. That's one testimony. That's one testimony. What I speak is the second testimony. That's what I walk in. That's what I walk in. That's what I walk in. Despite what's inside you. Because the mind, the mouth has to be engaged. The mind's got to come first before the mouth speaks. So your mind says, no, 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 God loves you. So the mouth says, yes, God loves me. My mind's been renewed. Thank you. That's how powerful it is, people. That's why you speak the word. Joshua, my son, be strong and courageous. Be very strong and courageous, my son. Meditate in this Lord day and night with your mouth then you'll be prosperous and successful and do all that are. Only then. That's why they had to keep repeating. In Deuteronomy, they had to write it on the doors and write it on the... because they had to look at it and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. And eventually it gets inside. If this doesn't get in you, folk, over a period of time, we don't walk in freedom. Because this has the power. Not can. Ken has no power whatsoever. That's how it happens. Put on the old, put off the old, put on the new by the attitude of your mind. I love it. And sometimes it's a battle. I'm just being honest. Sometimes a battle. You know what I'm speaking about. It's a battle. Your mind plays tricks with you. Who knows that? And then people will say things to you and they don't mean it. And it plays with what your mind's already said. And then you start to believe it. And it's just the avenue. Just just lying and lying and lying. He accuses us day and night, day and night, day and night. You're right. You ever said that? Wah, 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 wah. Yeah. You're quite right. So I'll leave this with you because I want to finish now. You are a new creation. Please turn to the person next to you. You know, they say, say, you are a new creation. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure either about Tommy, no. <laughs> They'd say, the old is gone. Oh. Yeah, and the, new has come. and the new has come. That's right. Now, sometimes our emotions got damaged when we were still in the old. And that's where God comes to heal it, because our emotions are damaged, because of what happened to us, what we went through, the trauma we went through. So God says, my son, I know that. That's not who you are. I know that happened to you, but that's not who you are. But I'm going to heal your emotions, because you're an emotional person. I gave you emotions. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Victory in the mind, we walk in victory. Uh, watch has some wonderful sayings about the mind. He really does. He really understood this. And I encourage you, go read some of his stuff concerning the mind. Yeah, the mind is a receiver. That's all it is. It retains information. It receives and receives and receives and retains information. So, I think that's about all I have to say. I went totally off my notes. so I have no clue where I am. All right. So what I, unless Clayton, you want to say something, but I do want to pray for one or two people. You sure? I feel as we were worshiping this morning, I felt the Lord say, I want you to pray for every person in here that in the life circumstances, you have found yourself in and in circumstances over a period of time where it was like it came to you, but it wanted to crush you. In other words, you were put with responsibilities on your life and you were not old enough to handle it. Or you were in circumstances of your life where you couldn't find your way out at, like it came to you. I'll use an example out of my own life. I was the oldest out of five kids. And so whenever my parents, my, my stepfather, my mother went out, they would put me in charge. Now I'm eight years old and I've got to look after four siblings. And I found over a period of time, and my wife was the one that helped me see this, that as a result of that, that responsibility that kept coming on me again and again, and when they came home and one of the siblings did something wrong, I got it. I got it. They came and spoke to me because I was in charge, as you put it. And so I found when I grew up, I'm just being brutally honest, when we had kids, I said to Michelle, I don't want any more kids after two. So the weight of the responsibility. I couldn't handle it. Then I got saved. And that came off me. Now I wanted more kids. It's a, heavy yoke. it's a heavy yoke. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. And so you found yourself in circumstances where that got that weight pressed on you. And there's like nothing you could do about it. There's nothing I could do about it. And I feel God says, I want to take that yoke off my people. Because it's crippling their future. And sometimes they don't want to reach out to what I have for them because they're afraid they can't handle it. Because when they had the responsibility placed on them, it was like a failure mentality came into them. Because it didn't go well. It kept repeating, repeating, repeating. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So if that's you, will not you stand, please. It could be married. It could be when you were young. You found yourself in a circumstance that actually anger came up inside you because you couldn't change it. Wow, look how many people. I can't believe it. Father, I am doing what you asked me to do. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, who paid the price that this yoke would come off us, I declare this yoke to be lifted off God's people now in the name of Jesus. Now in the name of Jesus. It is a false burden. It is a false yoke. I take it off the shoulders, off the minds of your precious people in the name of Jesus Christ. I take it off them. I release them from that yoke that was not God-given in the name of Jesus because your yoke is easy. It is light, Lord. That is not heavy. I release it off your people in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. All right. Thank you. That will go. Trust me. Dave. Dave. Dave Prabhat. Why not you come stand here, please, my friend? I'm sorry. I just got to. I'm sorry because I got to do what I felt God tell me to do. Dave, I feel I got to pull a missile out of your stomach. I got to pull a missile out. It's a missile from the enemy. And I wrote you, the missile messed with your emotions and your appetite. That's what the missile did. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I remove this missile out of Dave. I remove this missile now out of Dave. I remove this missile out. I take it out in the name of Jesus. And I release him. I release him from that missile now. It was over his emotions and over his appetites. In the name of Jesus, I release him. So God-given appetites and emotions will come to the fore. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wonderful. Amen. Bless you. One more thing and then we can hand over. Okay if you know the mind has been a huge battleground, I'm just going to, where you sit, just put your hands on your mind, and you say, Heavenly Father, this mind belongs to you. I know you gave it to me. Teach me to bring it in line with what you say. I ask this in Jesus' name, and I trust you that you will do it. In jesus name amen. Amen. amen amen wonderful thank you people
0: i wonder um <clears throat> if you guys can just give me grace for one minute i just the whole time when my dad was gonna minister i just saw this picture in my head and i and obviously i know it's the lord is could my whole family um are luke and natasha here luke natasha are they around in the building does anyone know where they are are they not here all right could, mom, could you come? Jen, could you come? I'm trying to think who else is related to us. Where's Dan? Dan, my cousin. He had to leave early. My whole familys they've left. So, could you come stand down here, Dad?
1: Wait, wait, wait one do minute. Down yeah. there somewhere. Down there yeah. somewhere. All right.
0: Down here. Okay. okay. Could you guys just stand and go this way? Can you go the other side of my mother? Sorry. It's like that game, you know, in New York where they're on the streets. Which cup is it under? Um, (laughs) Generations passed from him. His father was an alcoholic, and his grandfather was an alcoholic, and his father was an alcoholic, and his father was an alcoholic, and his father was not It's true. As long as it goes. He gets saved. Radically saved, he gets saved. My mother's father, my grandfather, we never knew my dad's side of the family. Slack. Like Dr. Phil. We never knew my dad's side of the family. My mother's my mother's family, we grew up with, wonderful people. All the history, her mother was saved, but it had not really impact here because obviously she married him. But throughout he wasn't saved. He was really good at not being saved. So throughout the history before this, her father was a teacher in a cult. Now he's wonderfully saved and in a cultic-like school called the School of Philosophy. And now he's wonderfully saved, he's been a leadership, he, it's, he's, he's an amazing man. Um, so that was this history, okay? This couple gets saved. Because of them, my mother's brother, my uncle, he got saved. Daniel, Elliot, who runs a sound for us. Anna's there, I see Anna, my cousin their father got saved because these guys got saved and I think you said yesterday 32 family members yeah. Yeah. got saved Broader, yeah. after they got saved because of them obviously I grew up in a Christian home alright I still became interesting
1: <laughs>
0: but then I got saved and I started leading this church at the same age that my dad got saved alright my wife her history. Isn't right. It's a really difficult one. Sorry. She's like, where I am. <laughs> <laughs> she, grew up, she grew up in a cult. It started as a church, became a cult. What is it with you guys? <laughs> <laughs> that, she grew up in a church that started as a church, became a cult, ran away um, from that. They tried to divide parents and do terrible things. And she had to choose between parents and court. And uh, 12 years old, believed that, you know, typical cult. If you leave us, you go to hell. 12 years old, ran away by herself and had a revelation from the Lord that they're man and they can be wrong and read the Bible and realized that they were wrong. 12. She came to know them, lived with them, and they taught her ministry. But she swore, I will never be in leadership. (laughs) I will never do anything like this because of what she saw. Now, my children, who are in there, know nothing about that. Nothing. And our whole family, my mother's side, all their children have not experienced any of that, because all those generations have been saved now. My father and mother adopted my little sister when she was, Twelve. I don't know, 12. Twelve. Natasha. And so now we have a little sister who also had an extremely difficult background. But now she's saved, married a godly man. He was raised in a Christian home, and her children will know nothing more. And the lord and grow up in god's house okay the reason i do all of this is because i was hoping to have luke and tash and dan and you see the whole family line is that there are people in this room you have faith for everybody except your family you say god can do anything except with my sister you know except with my mother except with my father hello We still have people in our family, distant, that need to know the Lord. I'm going to ask you, if you, if what I'm talking about burns in your heart, say, God, my family. Because they're your family. If that's you, can you stand, please? My goodness gracious. And Dad, I'm going to ask you to pray for all the generations to come out of the people in this room. Which will actually, if you do the math, is millions of people.
1: Lord, you saw it fit to come and redeem all these people that are standing. It was by your goodness and by your grace and by your mercy. It's nothing we deserved or earned, nothing. But you came, Lord. You rescued these men and women from the dominion of darkness. You redeemed them. You made them new. The old is gone from their life, Lord. And I stand with these men and women, and I call forth their families, their brothers and sisters, their uncles, their aunts, their fathers, their mothers. I call them forth in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father, extend your hand. It is not too short to save, Lord, into these family lines into these generations, Lord. Let generations change, Father. Let generations change in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I rebuke the work of the evil one in these generations. I take authority and I rebuke that work over their minds, over their eyes, and over their hearts. In the name of Jesus. And I thank you for what you're gonna do. I thank you for the good reports we are going to hear. Oh, my brother got saved. Oh, my sister got saved. Oh, my mom got saved. My dad got saved. My cousin got saved. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. Because it is your heart that all men get saved, Lord. That's what's written in your word. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.
2: Father, I want to pray for every person standing here, Lord, for the faith in them to rise up as they pray, as they pray for these family members, Lord Jesus. And it does not matter how much darkness those people are in because the darkness cannot overcome the light. Jesus has all power and he is able to save. And Father, I pray that faith would rise up in every person standing here for every member of their family that's not saved. And Lord, I pray that you give them divine opportunity to share something of you in some way, Lord, that it would be inspired by you, that they would know this is a Lord, a God thing. Father, and that you would use these people to bring their family members in, Lord Jesus, and that nothing would stand in that way, especially in their minds when they pray. And they think, but so and so so involved in this, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they're involved in. God overcomes all of that. Thank you, Father.
0: Amen. One testimony before we close. Sorry. I'm not actually sorry. Um, when I got saved, I was involved in real heavy things. I mean, really heavy you know, even I had a math tutor who was on the front page of the equivalent of the USA Today. Math tutor was his cover job. He was a dealer for the mob. And he was, you know, I started getting involved with him, and they paid the judge to get this guy off, and he's on our front front page, biggest drug bust in 15, th- 15 years in our country. And I was just involved with some interesting people. And uh, when I got saved, I left our area, our city, in a sense, and I went and stayed with Anna and Daniel, Daniel's father, my uncle Craig, who was a great man. And I went and stayed with him, and they were very gracious to me. But I spent pretty much six years in my room, I mean six months in my room with the Lord and the Bible. And uh, I didn't see anybody. I didn't tell I literally just disappeared. I mean, some of these guys, we lived together for years. We did everything together. We got in trouble together. We got in lines with the cops together, you know, everything together. And that, to some degree, actually binds you together. And I got in the car one day. I was praying. The Lord said, go tell your friends. <laughs> so I got in the car. And I went over and I got to the first house. And uh, they were having a party. And we had parties, that, not good parties. And they would literally last for like two weeks. It wasn't good. And I got there and that they were doing that. And, you know, drugs everywhere. And <clears throat> So um, so they kicked everybody out. He said, everyone get out. He kicked everybody out and people out. <laughs> kind of stammering out of the out of the house and uh, I sat down with him and I told him that I'd gotten saved and he'd grown up with us in our house he knew the truth he had seen the power of God and I thought he was you know going to mock me and stuff and I told him in a sense listen this is what happened he said where where where, where did you go You literally disappeared." my best friend it's like the closest thing I ever had to a brother and um and he started to cry and he said I've been praying for you for years that you would get saved so that you could turn and help us. <laughs> and then I <laughs> got in the car, prayed for him. He gave his life to the Lord, went to the next house. He's sitting at the table doing a drug deal. <laughs> Big guy, softest heart ever. Cried for two weeks when his dog died, but everyone is petrified of him. <laughs> but I, I knew the truth. Oh, this is a softy. And, uh, you know, tattoo, just a great guy, but just a mess. And uh, he again kicks everybody out everybody out and i sat down and he broke down crying he said i've been asking the lord because he also saw the power of god as a teenager that you'd get saved so that you could help us true story i couldn't believe it he got saved went to the next guy's house similar thing went to the next guy's house he was high and he just told me to get out yeah. And then after a little while he got saved. That's what Jesus said to Peter. When you return, strengthen your brothers. Amen. Can we just thank you guys for the whole weekend? Just give them some honor. Thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. If, um, if you want to give to them he probably wouldn't like this but if it's on your heart to give to them you can make a check out to restoring the wells uh restoring the wells and that didn't come out right and uh that's the ministry that they run so it would it would be wonderful if you if god put that on your heart father we thank you we bless you amen have a wonderful day we we'll see you guys next week
3: good morning free life church we are glad you've joined us today If you are visiting in person, please stop by the connection corner in the lobby to receive your welcome bag and find out how to connect with us. We look forward to meeting you. Thank you to everyone who contributed to the Giving Tree this year. This was our biggest year yet with 52 children sponsored. Wrapped and tagged gifts are due back today. Late returns can be dropped off at the church on Tuesday between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. If you would like to share the joy of distributing the Giving Tree gifts, bring your family and join us on December 19th to pray for the families and bless them. This is always a special time. Look for details on our events page. We are excited to be hosting a special family Christmas service on Christmas Eve. Join us at 5 p.m. for a night of carols followed by light refreshments and fellowship. We look forward to seeing you there. As a reminder, our connection cards have gone digital. Simply scan the QR code on the back of the seat to access the form and let us know if you're new to FLC, any needs you might have, or how we can connect with you. Remember to stay informed of upcoming events, holiday schedules, and weather closures, subscribe to our weekly newsletter. Scan the QR code or text Free Life to 41400 to sign up. Remember to learn about all of our upcoming events, please see the events page on our website. Thanks for tuning in!